Hello, everyone. I am taking a charge this week because Chad has so much to talk about for this movie review. He did not want to waste it on these silly openings. I'm Matt. I'm Fran. I'm Rachel. And I'm Chad. And I want to open by sharing that no one wanted to watch this week's movie, but we're all professionals and we put the podcast over our personal feelings. Did we have a change of heart towards Netflix's you people? Find out on the 93rd episode of We Used to Talk About This at Work. Fran here, we got Rachel here, Matt's here, of course, and um, I'm not sure who listened to it, but you know, uh, Rachel stayed up until the almost the crack of midnight with me, and we recorded a bonus episode of the podcast um, talking about the Oscar nominations. And on it, I was like, who in the fuck is this Andrea Riceboro, and where does she get off getting this Best Actress nomination? And so I watched her movie, uh, Dear Leslie, and I was like, God damn, I, 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 I posted a story about it on our Instagram. I was crying about it in that shit, like fucking powerful. Um, like right Wait, hold on. Gate. What, 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 what part made you cry? Oh, did you watch it? Yeah. Remember, like I told you once I listened to it, you was like, you're going to watch it or rewatch it. I was like, oh, let me check this out too. Well, I didn't know if you were actually going to watch it. So um, I was like, all right, I know how this is going to go. She, her son's going to come in at the end and they're going to reconcile. And her son came in at the end and they reconciled. And I was like, God damn movie. You fucking got me. You fucking bastard. You got me. No, no good. I mean, let's go back. Yes, she was acting her ass off. Uh she played the role perfectly to the T of an alcoholic, absentee mother, everything else like that. Um, but I didn't like that part about how he came back. I, I, I didn't like the happy ending for this movie. Happy-ish ending, yeah. And then I also thought, like, the, the dude, uh, uh, the one who owned the motel, like, he just got money like that to... Uh, Re- renovate that uh that yeah diet. <laughs> yeah we're, we're uh, <laughs> look i'll say this that for me that was the best movie i saw in 2023 well you Ooh. haven't seen puss in boots so that's okay no, no i agree i agree i'm saying of, of the of the handful of the movies i saw in 2023 that was the best that's the one to beat <laughs> and so like i was like you know what she deserves that oscar nomination so let me shut the fuck up and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was I was prepared to come on this podcast and eat crow. And then a couple of days ago, we learned that the Oscars, uh, they're actually putting in an investigation into her nomination because there's a rule that says that when you're campaigning for an award, you cannot disparage another potential like another actor or uh, let me rephrase that someone else that is eligible for your category because it's not necessarily like. Like, if you're a director, you can't shit on another director. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so, apparently, the wife of the director of To Leslie, she is an actress. And she hit up all of her famous friends to, like, watch the movie and plug the movie on her, on their, like, social media. And, you know, there's, like, 
whole screenshots from emails that she's been sending out and like celebrities have been like making you know social media posts like on instagram and stuff saying oh my god you know she's you know she's she's gonna fucking she deserves this nomination over like somebody like viola davis or so forth and so on like specifically naming other people that could be eligible for said award and that is a violation of like the oscars the the the, Mm -hmm. the process um, so I learned that um, I, I was having trouble finding it, but apparently they have rescinded um, nominations nine times over the course of the um, of, over the history of the Oscars. But I couldn't get like the specifics of like who and when and what. But yeah, um, we live in an unprecedented, unprecedented times, right? Last year, you know, we had the whole slap incident and we literally might get an actor pulled out of a fucking nomination. I'm here for it. I'm listening. No, I'm just, you know, I root for chaos. So if they're cheating and things like that and not doing the rules, then yeah, resend it. I mean, here's the thing, though. The actress, from what I understand, didn't have anything to do with this. Like, she was just, you know, she did her job, and then I'm sure she's working on another movie right now. And then all of a sudden she gets a phone call at like, you know, four in the morning saying, hey, you were nominated for an award. And um, that's outside of her control. All right. I found a list of movies. Oh, cool. Um, I don't have time to read the reason why. The first time was a circus in 1928. Um, the second one is Hondo. In 1953. Oh, here we go. So, Hondo, 1953. uh, John Wayne. So, John Wayne Western. It was nominated for Best Story. The film was later disqualified when discovered that the script was based on a short story called The Grift of Cochise and not original work. They plagiarized, yeah. Yeah, then next one is 1955, High Society. Starring Bing Crosby and Grace Kelly. Um, the only problem is they didn't write the musical. They wrote something else. They confused the two movies together. Is there anything more recent? Uh, Young America's 1960. Ooh, The Godfather, 1972. What they do? It was nominated for Best Original Dramatic Score, but it was later revoked when the Academy learned that Rhoda used some of his own score from the 1958 comedy. So, yeah. Um, a Place in the World in 1992. Never heard of that. Uh, it was removed because it was an Argentine film and Uruguay had insufficient artist control of its production. Uh, he asked, the director asked neighboring Uruguay to submit the film on his behalf. Mm. Tuba Atlantic 2010. Um... It was nominated for Best Live Action Film in 2012. It later rescinded after discovered that the film aired on Norwegian television before its theoretical release, oh. which is against the Academy's rules. Oh, so that's a TV movie. <laughs> and then two more left. Alone Yet, Not Alone, 2013. Don't know that one. Um, it was discovered that the song's composer 
and an executive committee committee had emailed members of the branch to make them aware of the submission during the voting period would go so kind of like the same thing goes along the academy rules mm-hmm. and last one is 13 hours in 2016. this is the john krasik you know we got from the um Krasinski? office yeah there oh we go. yeah 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 I, I remember and directed by michael bay um and earned a, not a single oscar nomination for best achievement in sound mixing mm. As a rescinded it because of telephone lobbying. What? Oh, so, okay. So, they, they were on the phone saying, hey, vote for my shit. Yeah, so basically it comes down to all that stuff, yeah. Basically the same thing with this is. So, uh, did anybody have any thoughts about this situation? I mean, it sucks for that actress, right? Right. <laughs> but she ain't do shit. She was in there chilling. Right. She did her job. And she kept and it moving. She, like, she, kept she, moving. she did like the, the, there was no buzz in any of like you know Oscars is like the Super Bowl of awards so you got like the producers awards the directors guild Golden Globes it wasn't nominated for none of that shit so mm-hmm. she 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 just living her life and then she's like wait I'm getting an Oscar maybe <laughs> right right and then here we go now my friend trying to help <laughs> fuck everything up <laughs> and I might not get another one of these. You don't have to when you're trying to bring yourself up. But you don't have to tear nobody down. You could have right. did the exact same thing you was doing, right. but you didn't have to bring you, nobody else's name into this. All she had to do was pull a Michelle Obama, go high. All she had right. to do was go high. <laughs> yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but hey, maybe Viola or um, that woman from Teal will get the nomination if they disqualify her. Right. I mean, I would I would hope that Viola would get it, considering. Like with with Woman King, how much work and things it took just to even make that movie, it would help to get the recognition right. <laughs> for that movie. And it's it's not like it was a bad movie. That's my thing. Like it was a bad movie. Where you're just like, yeah, I hope it gets the Oscar nod. You're like, did we watch the same movie? Right, right, right. Oh, <laughs> are, wait, are, are we are we throwing shade on Blind? Is that what's happening right huh? now? <laughs> <laughs> Who oh, say me? what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was some trash. <laughs> um, so I guess let's let's just roll into the show proper though. So, um, first thing out of the gate, I want to say congratulations, Fran. Yes, thank you, thank you. Exciting times. Yep. Uh, yes, for the audience out times. there, um, me and my husband are expecting. Um, <laughs> I am about to hit my second trimester, and so now I am literally sitting here around this new house that he tricked me into body- buying. Yeah, that's um, that was uh, perfect for us being nice and single. And I was sitting here going, oh, shit, you know, once we hit Tyler A's, we can't keep this. Uh, we, we only got a short period of time to <laughs> try to fix up some stuff and make this safe. What's I don't the, know what's about the problem? Um, so one of the things about the, the house that I don't wrong, like I like, but it's not like major. Um, it's really open, but like with the staircase, it has a bunch of just wires to like so think um like the spindles that you would normally have like in a staircase it's wire it's wiring and i don't know how to explain it it's like industrial wiring it's a it's an industrial feel if that makes sense you you got a fucking fire hazard over there um no but i definitely have like (laughs) um a hazard for a little kid (laughs) most definitely um, you mean like so, metal wire, not like electric yeah. wire? Yes, yeah. metal wire. So like it's things like that where I'm like, 
So we're going to take some like cool noodles and <laughs> put them and over there. Like, <laughs> like, what we going to do? Because <laughs> we got to figure out what we're going to do. Um, so we have that. Like we basically have two living areas um, that's just separated by a stair because it's just like a bi-level. But I'm like, yeah, this bottom level about to be this kid's whole playground because uh, that's all we got. <laughs> that's all we got. Um, so uh, I am... I'm over here, like thinking on kind of on that stuff. My husband's brain works a little, little different, so he's like pondering on all this like real big stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's lovely, but can we talk about this in the immediate? Like, what name do you want to name this this little this little person? I don't. How about we look at the small <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> like, we gonna have to call him something besides, you know, right. nuggets. Peanut. Hey you. That right. little thing. <laughs> right? Like we have to take we have to call make, make make some names up or something. I don't know. So yeah. Wait, so so you know you know that you're having a boy? Or did I miss something? Uh I don't know yet. Like I'm just it's the universal dude <laughs> the <laughs> things like that. But um I'll find that out probably in the next like few weeks. So. Do, you, do you have any kids right now? No. So this will be oh, so both first. of our first child. Um, do you do you have a preference? I I literally do not care. I do not care one way or another. Um, my husband doesn't care one way or another. Um, we were we're literally just sitting here going, yeah. Okay, so we <laughs> what's our savings looking like? Right. Um, Matt, <laughs> well, we got a house. That helps. Matt, did you have a preference? Yes, I wanted a boy because in my mind I wanted to have a boy, and then a couple of years later have a girl, for them to have the, in my mind, have the older brother look out for his sister type of thing. That's trying what I to wanted. Recreate, trying to recreate your childhood. It's okay. Something See, like that. Yeah. That's the way me and my brother were. He's he's older, um, but I'm a little bit more violent than he is. So like anytime he got in trouble, like anytime he got into something, I was right there, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how small. <laughs> right. I'll whoop your ass. See, exactly. Uh -huh. That's why I wanted to where if some girl was trying to play him in school, he ain't gonna hit her, but he's gonna be like, let me go get my sister. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fair. It's on site. All you gotta do is point out. Oh, <laughs> right. Uh, I wanted a girl uh, because I'd always imagined like, um, you know how TV and stuff says that uh, teenage girls hate their moms, but they love their dads. And so like when shit gets hot, I was like, yeah, yeah. See your mama. Your mama not your friend. I'm your friend. You want that new iPhone? I got your girl. See your mama don't want you to have these nice things, but I do. So you I want to bribe you. your little girl? I got you. Yep. So, so so far so good. <laughs> <laughs> so to the parents in the room, like any parenting advice that you wish you knew, starting out. So here's my thing. I people for in my experience, I'm, I'm just gonna use an I statement. People are full of shit. Like when they're like, oh my goodness, the, the child, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of work, but you know, it's going to be so rewarding. Now, granted, I'm only two and a half years in, but like those couple weeks when you first get home are fucking rough. Like, don't let anybody sugarcoat that shit. You're going to be sleep deprived. You and your husband are going to be snapping at each other. Like it's inevitable. It's inevitable because y'all tired. And it's like, you can't fucking regulate those emotions. So it's just like, go into it and just, you know, be like, hey, 
we 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 we, we gonna be fighting for a little minute because this shit's rough. But same team, same team. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But yeah, that shit's rough at the be especially at the beginning. And I hope that your child is a good sleeper. Uh, well, according to my grandmother, um, if they're anything like me, it's probably not going to be the case. Um, yeah. In order to get to heaven, you have to go through hell type of thing to where Chad is talking about the hell. But during those hell moments, there is little glimpses of heaven in there too, where they are not being a demon and they're sleeping and you're going to be looking at them. You're going to be like, wow, we created this. And then later on, they will be a demon and everything. And then once they start, I don't say three, four, when they start getting a personality, that's when more you're like, okay, I can see what it is to where like little things will make um, you happy. Like, for example, I got my son a, a phone probably about a year ago and it's little things to where he'll say uh, like say if he's off school one day and I have to go to work he'll text me and be like uh, dad have a good day I love you and I'll be like oh that's nice but then other times he'll text me about some video game shit and then I'll be like no this is not nice why the fuck are you texting me at work so you know give and take a little bit I got yeah. you yeah. no so like when you're like you know it's that they're beautiful and all this shit I just Every time uh, I looked at my daughter when she was little, I just put this in the group chat. It, it reminded me of like the little aliens from um, Men in Black, the ones that like control those bodies. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like the way she's she was moving, like when she was first born, she looked like a fucking animatronic. Like you don't look real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I find that weird. Another thing I'm thinking of is like uh, when you have like a baby shower and things like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Diapers, 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 and diapers. Yeah, like, it's like when, yeah. You you would never have enough diapers. So the more, the merrier, and everything else like that. Get a diaper genie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like when she put it on the outline, I was like, oh shit. I I was like, mm, all right, all right. I'm gonna get her like um some some diapers, and I'm gonna this and that. And I was like, hold up, I don't even know if I'm getting invited to that shit. Let me let me reel it in. Let me reel it in. <laughs> I accept all gifts, even if but, you're but now, like that's that's the first thing I thought of was like diapers, and everybody want to fucking buy infant diapers and shit. It's like no, you want yourself a collection, like you want infant, you want ones, you want twos and threes, maybe not fours. I don't know how big your baby gonna be, you know. But I don't know, maybe maybe she want to go to the old school route and get those uh, reusable diapers. Nobody diapers. is nobody <laughs> scraping poop off a diaper, <laughs> um, man. <laughs> I've worked on the CNA way too long for me to be cleaning up the other people's shit that way again. Right. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yep, yep. So for the, all the listeners out there, you mean, if you have parenting advice, please, you know, go ahead and send it to the We Used to Talk pod, uh, Insta, I, I love, or email. I love the, I love the plugin. I love the plugin. <laughs> and they will shoot it right <laughs> onto me. But um, what's this bullshit about anime you want to talk about? First of all, anime is not bullshit just because you don't enjoy it like that. <laughs> it is. It's, it's some bullshit. It's some it straight bullshit. bullshit. Like, quit playing. Quit playing. I'm it not. I'm, I'm dead ass right anime, now. Right? Like, no, no. Like, it is winter uh, anime season. There's a couple of uh, season twos that I, I love that, um, that, are, that came out. Um, so, like, one of them is called uh, Misfit Demon Team. All right. And so, what got me in this. Um, 
what got me into this one was first episode, the main character is so disrespectful to ev- to just these people who are just rude to him. Like, he's just disrespectful. Like, they were rude. He was like, bet, I can match your energy and go forth. And that's what happened. And it's just awesome ever since. Like, you know, like, nothing bad really is going to happen. We're just like, ah, yes, beat the ass. We love it. So now <laughs> we get a season two of that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's winter anime season. I get to watch all the crappy isekais that I like, um, which are basically uh, a truck kills a, somebody in our world and they get sent to another world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. Um, so it's things like that. So um, I do love anime se- season because now like literally throughout the week, I'd be like, all right, I get to watch this and this on this day and this on this day and this on this day. Like, it goes back to those old, like, I'm about to sit in front of the TV and watch this episode of something. Takes you back to your childhood. <laughs> yeah. So, it brings, brings me back instead of uh, binging everything at once in one setting. Uh, are we trying to start an argument with Matt? Because we can do that. Uh, first of all, don't do me. You know me and Matt half the time are not on the same page with it, with anything. <laughs> That's right, so we, we don't have to force it. It's going to come natural. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, look, I, I don't mind stirring that pot, all right? <laughs> well, I was going to wait to share this once I finished it, but since you brought this up, I thought about, Chad, for you, is there's a thing on Netflix. I don't know if it's on American Netflix. I think it is, though. But it's called Japanese Tales of the Macabre. And basically, yeah, 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 it is. So basically, it's like a shit what is that thing uh black mirror type of thing not black mm. mirror but yeah black black mirror type of thing they're black all mirror, horror twilight stories. zone it's all like horror stories but it's each episode is a different um creator and storyline and things like that so you get like a 15 20 minute episode of one story another one like that and it looks to be all different types of anime styles so I was going to wait to, because I watched the first three episodes, so I was going to wait to finish it. Um, but that might be something you like horror, and then you, and it's only like I 20, know. 30 minutes, so you might be, enjoy it. All right, I will check that episode out this weekend, and I will text you. Okay, on episode three, it's about an ice cream truck. And... Okay. So now we're into this. Uh, I was going to save this, but now we're into it. So let's talk about it. So why hasn't there been any horror movies about an ice cream man? So there is a, I mean, I can't answer that question, but there is a fairly popular comic about a um, ice cream man. Oh, I did not know that. But uh, once I watched that episode and I was like, that just seems like a very easy concept to understand a traveling person. If you don't want him to do kids or whatever, you can do mm-hmm. have him do teenagers or even adults, or we can upgrade it to a food truck or something like that to where he's a killer. I thought that would be a good idea. It'd no, be I mean, real easy. I mean, you could have a whole serial killer just serving up some stuff. I mean, they're I mean, being like drug dealers with ice cream trucks. But. Right. <laughs> okay, so the comic is called Ice Cream Man, and it's like an anthology type thing, also. 
but each of them is centering around this ice cream man that might oh, be okay. a demon okay just something i thought about yeah but um once you watch the episode let me know what you think so you want me to watch episode three specifically or just watch episode one well i want you to watch the whole series but if i had to pick one i'll go with the ice cream man one and well, let, me, let me double check just let in case the order is different in america uh let's see oh episode sorry i was wrong episode two the story of the mysterious tunnel ice cream bus all right i got you i will watch that and i'll text you afterwards all right, so Rachel, you've been awful quiet. <laughs> I was waiting my turn. Waiting your turn, okay. So what you been up to? Um, well, this week I went to see a musical with my mom, um, and uh, it was called Six. Have any of you heard of it? No. Yes. No. Yes. Chad, I'm, I knew you had. Yeah, I'm actually, well, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I've been talking about wanting to go for the last year, and, you know, Rachel didn't want to fucking get me tickets. But Sorry. I'm, but I'm going, and I'll tell y'all who I went with next week. Right. It wasn't Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really good. I definitely recommend it. Um, I thought the music was really fun. The The whole vibe was really fun, and... Um, I had a great time. Um, I'm not sure if, like, my mom didn't like it as much, so I don't know if it is skews younger. But um, basically, it's about um, Henry VIII, um, the King of England's six wives, and they are basically competing for who got the worst um, treatment from him and should be crowned, like, the winner but they battle it out like in a pop concert kind of way. <laughs> so it's really fun. Um, I, so it's not like, like a jukebox? Is it a jukebox type musical? No, it's it? it's all original music. Yeah, that's what's up. I thought it was kind of like it was framing it as like they're all like um, a, a, a girl band. Kind of like here's kind of like you're going to a, like a Spice Girls concert. Right. No, um, it definitely doesn't. I mean, they have a couple songs that they all sing together. And then when, you know, one girl is singing her main part, they do backup vocals. So they're always all singing together, but they're not necessarily always singing as a group. They're kind of trying to one up each other. And the program was really fun, too, like the playbill, because it had like a little tidbit about each wife and kind of who, um, which pop stars they used the inspiration for for that song. Oh. So I, I thought it was really fun. Um, so I definitely recommend it to, yeah, pretty much anyone. Um, unless you don't like pop slash Broadway music. So I not Matt. <laughs> not Matt, <laughs> because Matt doesn't like musicals. But if you like musicals, check out Six. But no, this musical You're does listening. sound interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, all right. And then also, you and I watched a couple things today. Yeah. So you can talk about the good one or you can talk about the bad one. But don't tell them which is which. Okay. Frame, uh, frame the show. Actually, actually, yeah. Uh, let me ask y'all this. Uh, off the top, what sounds like, excuse me, what sounds interesting 
um, a show about a woman that works in a casino or a show about a psychiatrist and the the um, well therapist. Oh, I apologize. The a therapist and the um, interesting clients that he has. All right, I have one question before I answer. Uh, can I give a? Can you give me the theme of these? Are these comedies or these dramas? Because uh, I, I would affect I, I can't, my answer. I, I cannot do that. So for me, I'll go. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> no, go ahead. All right. So I was gonna say, like, for me, it would probably be the therapist and all of the the clients that they have, because that can that can be very interesting, depending on like how you do the character development. But I can also see it being very terrible because of the character development. I agree. Uh... I don't know if it's comedy or drama, but I can feel like you have a wide range of different, more tools in the toolbox for that storyline to where I think the casino thing, you've probably seen it before anyway. All right. So without, you know, saying if it's good or bad, why don't you just tell them about one of the shows, Rachel? So I'm going to start with (laughs) Shrinking on Apple TV which is the one about the therapist and his clients. Um, It's got Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford, Jessica Williams. Um, I think those were the big recognizable people in that one. And um, this therapist is kind of going through a hard time. Like his wife died. he has a daughter to take care of, which he's kind of not doing the best job of. He's still really grieving and, and not doing well. And um, he's, you know, trying to do sessions with his clients after kind of a rough night. And he just kind of all of a sudden is like, I'm just going to tell it like it is to this one client because I'm tired of hearing the same thing over and over and over, and I'm just going to let her know what I think, and hopefully she'll take my advice. Which um, you're not necessarily supposed to do as a therapist. Um, No, have the therapist just give them to them straight. (laughs) We don't need the therapist... um... Yeah, see, because I'd be so goddamn tired of these... Of these goddamn, of these goddamn riddles, my therapist be telling me and shit. I'm like, my guy, my guy. I told you this whole story about how we was like getting fucked up in Vegas, and you over here like, all right. So why don't you tell me why that was bad, Chad? Like, no, motherfucker. That's not why you getting this twenty dollar copay. Uh, I mean, as the resident therapist, on right? <laughs> I'm just gonna throw out there that. It is not our jobs to tell you about your life, right? Exactly. Like it's opposite. Like that's the point of therapy. It's for you to show up, be completely self- selfish and examine your life. Even though we might be able to see 10 steps ahead of you about like, oh, this ain't gonna work out well. We're just gonna sit here going, all right, let's just lead you maybe to the same conclusion. And hopefully you won't fuck up your life. Hopefully. Right. I mean, you're supposed to be a guide and then people, 
have the autonomy to make their own decisions and then you just deal with those decisions as they come up and you know um it's the same way for social workers you know we're not supposed to tell clients what to do we're supposed to like provide them with all of the options talk through pros and cons and then they get to decide what they do um so um I'm not a big fan of the way media portrays therapists in movies and TV shows. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was not a fan of this TV show. Rachel, you were supposed to just tell them oh, broad strokes. That's right. About, and all then right, they no, decide. Shrink, shrinking was some bullshit, y'all. It was some <laughs> fucking bullshit. I, I had a like, feeling after that that it was some bullshit, but yeah. Like but this wait, man, hold on. Let's go back I, to I, the, I, I, I want to go back to that. What what is you you say you don't like how therapists are portrayed a friend you agreed uh can you give me like give me an example like what don't you don't like about it so here's here's the the therapist tropes right so you have the therapist that cares too much and it's like super save a hoe and is doing everything possible and like spoon feeding they're they're people everything you have like that type of therapist that ultimately gets them fucked up in the end for some reason (laughs) um you have the therapist that is grimy and not ethical and sleeping with clients i mean but but to be fair friend it does happen i mean yeah don't get me wrong it does but then you never see them you never see someone say like this is unethical in the in the show or movie you as a as an audience member i i know that it's bad you don't need to tell me that it's bad but still some people need to hear saying that right because unfortunately in the times that we are in you you will get people who think that therapy is is what they have seen in media right Mm -hmm. and it's not therapy is what you make it (laughs) and the way sometimes like that we are portrayed can literally be like, oh, this is toxic as fuck. No one's going to want to go see a therapist <laughs> because this is toxic as fuck. And then on the flip side, you have like things like criminal minds, right? Where it's not quite like therapy, but it deals with just mental health in general. Some some things deal with mental health. And so people are like, oh, so you just deal with like serial killers and shit. And I'm like, no, I just I, I deal with somebody who's got some anxiety about their job (laughs) like it's way different so you have things like that i don't know rachel if you have any opinion yeah no i i agree um with what you said and um yeah i feel the same way it's already an uphill battle sometimes going to therapy or getting people to therapy so yeah that's fair yeah some of the stigma is going away these days though yeah, that's it's getting better, which is yeah. good, but it still I, still can get even better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shout out to COVID. <laughs> if anything, that has definitely made some people be like, "I need a fucking therapist." Um, so and a divorce attorney. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so like one issue is uh, he has a client who uh, is a vet. And he has like fits of violence. <clears throat> so he's like, all right, this is how we're going to get the, this, these fits of violence out. I'm going to take you to a fucking MMA. Um, like gym. Yeah. Training. Facility. And like he's just like getting beat up by people. 
And I'm like, y'all got time to, to travel on during a session? What's happening here? What's going on here? Unless that gym was like next door. <laughs> who, who got time to travel like that? Right. I, I still thought the worst part was at the end of the episode where literally the therapist and the client go to the therapist's daughter's soccer game together. Right. They had like maybe three sessions total. Right. The, Too many boundaries. So, so yeah. France like cannot compute. <laughs> uh, what? And this is why <laughs> therapy and social media is like, oh God, no, no, you would never do this. Um, but it sounds like like this character of, of this therapist was just so fucking burnt out that he was just like, I'm just gonna try to fix all y'all in one stop shop because I'm tired of yeah. hearing all this. Yeah. I'm gonna and, cut I'm gonna cut off my, 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 my source of income. Right. So I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to be able to fix people wholly and completely and get myself out of a job. You're doing more harm than good if you just like tell people answers most of the time. No, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I get it. Cause it's like, uh, people don't want to be told what to do. They want to think that it's their own idea. I get it. For sure. But anyway, a good show. Poker Face um, is on Peacock. And um, it has Natasha Leon, Leon and from um, what is that show that we love? Russian Dow. Mm-hmm. And, and also um, uh, Orange is the New Black and way back in the day, American Pie. <laughs> yeah. And then Adrian Brody and Benjamin. Brat. Yes, Brat. Thank you. Um, also, that one woman from Orange is the New Black, the thick one. Matt, you know what I'm saying? That thick Latina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, who plays the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the hotel? I don't even know the fuck her real name, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so you said, yeah, I know exactly you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, <laughs> so um, so in this show, um, so this maid um finds some evidence of something we don't really see what it is um in this high rollers um hotel room when she's cleaning up she snaps a picture of it tries to show the head of the casino who's um kind of taken over from his dad you know the family business or whatever and um they decide to take care of it by trying to delete the picture off her phone. And then he sends his, um, you know, security guy or whoever to go kill um, her. And he ends up killing her and her husband and making it look like a murder-suicide. And um, then Natasha's character um, can kind of, tell when someone is lying or tell when something is off um like a hundred percent of the time she's never been wrong right and now, now she, is... she doesn't know what the truth is right she just knows you did not tell you did you did not speak the truth just now yeah mm. so she can't like tell the future or read minds or anything she just knows when something's off and um this person was her friend and she feels like something is off and so it's her kind of asking all these questions. And in the meantime, um, they're trying to get her because she used to gamble and do really well at poker and things like that. Um, 
they're trying to get her to kind of take down the high roller a little bit and make him think that he shouldn't be hosting these like pers- like individual game nights or whatever in his hotel room that he should be playing at the tables downstairs um so there's kind of this whole mission for her to like take him down that the the manager um Adrian Brody's character is involved in and the security guy Benjamin Pratt knows um what's going on and then they keep trying to focus her on that mission as opposed to her asking questions about her friend's death and you know um the murder suicide and so it's it's about all of that yeah so that's just episode one so like that's resolved <laughs> that's resolved one way or another like i really do like those scenes with her and benjamin bratt because like he knows where her powers are and so like she's asking him questions and he's like really thinking about how to answer them so that he's not lying to her like she'll be mm-hmm. like yeah so like you saw my friend that night what happened he's like we're not talking about that right now let's focus on this not nothing or anything like that because like he knows he can't fucking lie to her so like the the writing's solid, but like it ends with her having to go on the run, and so like each episode is like her in a different place solving a different crime and trying to stay one step ahead of the casino people trying to get that ass. Also, it is written and uh, produced, and I think the first episode was directed by Ryan Johnson. So it's gonna be a lot of celebrity cameos, and it's gonna be fun murder mystery shit. Yeah, that got me thinking of, uh, I, I was trying to look it up. Uh, remember the show called Lie to Me? Um, did that have, oh, oh yeah, that had yeah. Uh, Abomination in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, Cal, like, or no, Tim Roth in it, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And that's where he can, like, he can look at people's faces and tell if they're lying and things like that. But I guess hers is more like an ability than a skill. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, um... I guess only Rachel knows about this. During the holidays, I saw a, uh, I got an email from Southwest and they were like, hey, if you buy a crate of wine for the holidays, we'll give you 2000 bonus Southwest points. And I was like, yes, I love to travel. I want them points. The case of wine was just $50. And so I bought it, handed it out, you know, for Christmas gifts or with Christmas gifts. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I look at my, I once more look at my credit card statement um, the other day, and it's like, ah, yes, $200 charge from the wine company. I'm like, what in the fuck just happened here? So, like, I'm on the website looking, and apparently, me buying that holiday wine means I signed up for the subscription. Uh, oh, that's how they got you. <laughs> they, yeah. Gotcha. So, like, I called them, and they was like, we'll see if we can stop the one because like they were like packaging a crate a new crate to send to my house and they're like we'll see if we could if we if we might not be able to stop that one from coming you know i mean we i mean you sure you want to keep you, you sure you don't want to keep it we'll, we'll take ten dollars off the price i'm like what the fuck you mean ten dollars that shit is two hundred fucking dollars <laughs> right right so uh, it eventually got sorted out. Like it's not on my credit card anymore, but like it it, it took a it took a couple of days to get that straightened out. 
So yeah. moral you're of the story. You're supposed to pass the phone to your mama or something at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to, right. had to get, right. get them a good yelling at. <laughs> I, need a, I need an adult stat. <laughs> but yeah. So I don't know. It's like always something like, I don't know, like. You know how like there's those memes that are like you we all look at like the same like two apps on our phone and shit. Sometimes mm-hmm. I branch out and look at my credit card and I'm like I just be finding shit like when the Alamo is trying to get this ass or the fucking wine company. What's next? Mm-hmm. Got to read that fine print, man. <sighs> Have you ever heard the three bad things and then it's done? The fuck it? What are you trying to do to me? <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, has have you had a third thing happen yet? No, that was the second. That oh, just happened. Darn. Well, oh, it won't be more than three things. But what, what yeah, about five more or seven? No, it won't be. It's always three oh, and done. God, I don't want any more. But you don't want a third one. I don't so know that what, doesn't help. I don't know what. Somebody's gonna skim my credit card at a restaurant. So that's what's gonna happen. Possible, but let's hope not. You know, I'm gonna we're on knock on wood right now and say that like that third thing is going to be something minor you're going to just like stub your toe yeah yeah <laughs> i'll take that i'll take that <laughs> um yeah i was uh also i was i was really trying to read a book like the last few weeks it's called um before the coffee gets cold and i really couldn't get into it um I, so... i've been waiting for this review <laughs> So it's uh it's 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 translated from a Japanese book that came out in 2019 and basically it's about a coffee shop in somewhere in Japan where uh if you go here and you set this specific table in this specific chair you can um travel through time forward or backwards. Uh it's a lot of rules involved like you can't actually get out of the chair and like it ha- like you have to have like um like if you're trying to see somebody specific like in the past they had to have been in the in the in the coffee shop before because you can only travel to that day that they were there to talk to them and like you can't change time so all you can do is just have a conversation with them but the most fucked up thing is you have until the coffee gets cold and then like you are either snap back like you need to finish the coffee before it gets cold or if you let the coffee get cold, you become like a fucking specter. And like you are to like haunt that space in the coffee shop until somebody until like it's the next person's turn. Damn. So like the, the first story was right? kind of interesting. Like a couple they ended up breaking up in the um in that coffee shop. And so there's like you can't just go into the coffee shop, sit in the seat and go. <laughs> You have to wait until like this one specific time each day when the the specter leaves and comes back. And so like it's her learning about the rules and then her going back, you know, like you learning more about her and like who she was with her boyfriend. And like she basically just wants to like be like, I I, I don't want to break up. And so it was kind of interesting. And then like um, the chapters like super long. So when I got to the, the second chapter, it was a different story. But in the oh, cafe. So it's, not a, it's not a yeah. continuous thing. It's, uh, so it's yeah. like an anthology. Like, yeah, but a, yeah. But a central storyline. Mm-hmm. But do you know like if they become a specter or if they make it? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. They 
no one in book one becomes a specter um so they're all like loosely connected but i was just like i don't like this like I was down for one story, but like the second story is kind of interesting. Like this woman's husband is, <coughs> excuse me, uh, he's, he has Alzheimer's. And so he wants to go in the past to see his wife, but his wife's right there in the present. So it was kind of sad. Yeah. But it's a, it's an okay book. It just wasn't for me. <coughs> um, Have you guys been, am I the only one that hates themselves? Wait, Chad, I have a story to tell. Ooh, I I'm, oh wait, sounds... did, I, did I skip you? I'm sorry, I skipped yes, you. you. I apologize. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's a, it's a quick story. Um, the headline was "Dog Keeps Kicking Kids in the River." <laughs> what so do that dog. <laughs> so what happened was, is this dog? This was in Paris, and this dog, uh, like a stray dog, uh, saw a kid drowning in this river. So the dog went down and saved this kid and brought him back. And all the, the humans were like, oh, good job, dog. And so they gave him this big slab of meat. So then the dog was like, oh, if I save this kid, I get a slab of meat. So for two days, the dog was by the river. Nobody was drowning. So then on the third day, this dog kicked the kid into the river, went and saved the kid, came back, and they were like, oh, yeah, good job, dog. You saved another kid. Here's a slab of meat. Why was this motherfucker kicking kids every single day <laughs> into this river for them to drown for the dog to save it? Look, man, he figured out the cheat code to life. That was positive reinforcement. <laughs> right. So the thing ah. was, like, I went deep into this because I thought this was a great story. And then I looked up, this fucking happened in 1908. <laughs> That's hilarious. I thought it was something recent, but no, 1908. But still a good story. Um, but yes, that is it. It's but funny just how like, some stories, like, you know, that they, um, you know, don't transcend time. Like, they have to have taken place now. And some stories, you're <clears> like, this could be from any time because this is universal right and that's where like um uh, what now is i always have to do my research if i'm going to say some shit later on because there's a lot of times where i've read something and i'm like oh that's crazy and then later on i found out like that wasn't real or like different details like another one i read was like this is recent this is yesterday where a guy um what they call them game hunters or whatever uh okay. you know that go go out to like africa yeah and kill lions and they were like, yeah, uh, the brother of a lion killed by this guy was uh, he killed the game hunter. And I was like, that's what he gets. I don't care about this. And then I'm as I'm going through reading the oh, comments. Like like that somebody, on-site elephant. Right, yeah. And then as I was reading more information, yeah, that story's not real at all. Somebody just made it up. And I was just like, see, I was going to believe that these, these uh, lions are out remembering people and getting their vengeance and stuff like that but no the truth ruined a good story i would say <laughs> facts um i would say i would probably always believe that an elephant was on site at any point in time 
right? Okay. But a lion, yeah. not so much. <laughs> right. Yeah. An elephant never forgets a lion. Like, I mean, they, they they might kill their brother and shit, but, you know, they they keep it moving, you know. Right. You know. Good thing you're Scar. Scar. With... <laughs> Excuse you, Matt. Excuse you. Yes. Wait, Chad, you were saying something about hating yourself? Why? I, I watched episode five and six of Elma. Oh, my God. Oh, you definitely hate yourself. You I should really know. work on that within therapy. I'll say this. Episode six of Velma was solid in that it focused on the two mysteries at hand. Velma's the disappearance of Velma's mother and also who's killing these these teenage girls and less of the meandering bullshit. So they were slightly they were they were better than the other ones. Yeah, I I agree. Kind of like. The jokes are not like, the jokes are not hidden for me at all. It's right, like the whole band thing where it's like, oh, I got a. They was they was at a party and the band, the whole band was there, and they were like, "Where's the pizza at?" And they was like, "It's on its way." And then like they were like, "Oh, I, I have a pill to take with my food," and like they all had to have to me too, take a pill me too. with their food, mm. right? It was just like, yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Right. And then the whole process was going to be called Scooby and. Oh, my uh, fucking God. Yeah, that bullshit. Yeah. 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 I mean, that there's a I think there's a joke right now that, you know, Mindy uh, Mina or whatever. Um, the Mindy. writer Mindy. Yeah. Mindy is, you know, the Tyler Perry <laughs> for. Uh, yeah, the South Asians and like the more and more I hear about the show, the more I'm like, you know, I'm good on that. I don't have to watch this at at all. No part of me has to watch this. I mean, I'm good. I, I would actually push back on that because mm-hmm. at least Tyler Perry is helping black people get jobs. Oh. What? I, I mean, I guess was it never have I ever they had a South Asian mm-hmm. lead in that? They have a couple. Okay. So, yeah, I, 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 like, I my statement. The thing is, like her her trope is you have a South Asian lead who falls for an asshole white guy. So you yeah. had that on the Mindy Project. <clears throat> you had that on whatever show you just never named. have or ever. You, um, you had that on the um Secret office. Life of, you had, like, Secret like, Life of Sex Sex um College Girls. Secret yeah. the the sex lives of college girls or something like that yeah right so like that's the thing that it is to where every single one is with a white guy who treats them bad but they still be with them and stuff like that yes well yeah wait have you seen has anyone else seen never have i ever no it's only you rachel oh okay i will say i I watched the first season of it okay because i don't i don't think that completely happens like it does in the mindy project and i i can't speak for some of her other stuff but um the the main character doesn't call like fall for a white guy who treats her badly and never have ever yeah that's not a white guy well i mean so i would hope they would do something that's a little bit more i mean she she kind of has a thing with her it's like like enemies turned friends but they're they never really completely get together or anything and uh, he doesn't uh, i'm sorry i've never seen this i'm thinking of a different show 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't I, think I'm that's exactly true. I'm right. looking at oh. these people, and I have no idea who none of these people are. I think I, I think I know the show you're talking about, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Hold on. Let me just go straight to her Mindy's thing. But like in general, I hear you on Mindy Kaling. Yeah, I mean it is what it is, but like I am. I'm hoping that, like, once this full series, as far as Velma is done, that maybe it might get a little better towards the end or however many other episodes there are. Um, and people were like, okay, I get the final vision. You could have started with this a little little sooner. You know, um, that's what I'm hoping happens. But, you know, we'll see. So there are, you know, reviewers and stuff that have seen the entire season mm-hmm. and like i've not seen anything from anybody that says stick with this season stick with it they'll i mean they can't like give spoilers but at mm-hmm. least like if it's something that like you you see the full vision they'll be like stick with it guys i can't give you details but like it's worth your time nobody is saying anything like that and it's it is <laughs> Not disheartening, but it's like, you know, it's already got renewed for a second season and all this other stuff to where, um, it's honestly, it's people like me and you, Chad, who are saying we do not like this show, but we are still watching it when it comes out to where I read something yesterday. They said that this got higher ratings than The Last of Us, and that's fucking crazy. Hate watching. Um, I also, I guess I didn't say this on air, but like. You know, especially with animation, that's a little different than like live action because they probably like greenlit it for 20 episodes. And so whether they did bad or not, they already did the episodes like how uh, Harley Quinn, the first two seasons came out within months of each other because they worked on those together. Mm-hmm. So like they probably worked on 20 episodes of Elma at once. And also, you remember Carlin when he was, I think his first episode, he was working on that show. And then his most re- his most recent episode, he said that he's working on season two of that show. And it's not even coming out till later this year. Right, right. So that's probably it. It probably wasn't like green lit because this done so good. All right. Well, we need to get this out. Well, I've but haven't there been shows where they've like filmed the second season and not release them like how do you guys feel about should they release it even if the first season gets bad reviews or should they just i mean it's still gonna cost them money more money to release it because like the promotion oh okay or they'll do like a one massive dump so like release it you have a short period of time to like watch it yeah i don't know like it's a lot different now than like back in the day well, sorry, not, it's still a thing. Like, we're traditional television. Because, like, that's the fucking... Like, yeah, we always dance around this fucking topic. Like, streaming services make no fucking money. At least with a bad show or traditional television, you're getting ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. your subscription means nothing in the grand... It's a drop in the fucking bucket. So, I don't know. If it, I mean, we've seen stories about Netflix canceling, like complete shows like they complete the whole first season and they just aren't gonna fucking um, put upload it so yeah because netflix netflix ceo said he's they've never canceled a successful show 
on that Fuck you well yeah. okay well, no <laughs> right. successful show successful show <laughs> successful show yeah what, and, what the, no they but they have <laughs> but now here's a here's the thing friend they don't release their their metrics so for all uh, we know every show right, for, is a failure right so i'm saying it it might be popular with us mm-hmm. but it might not be financially successful for them and i don't know like, that's another thing i don't like about streaming like they don't have to tell you how many clicks a show gets. And so it's like, they could just do whatever the fuck they want to do. Let's talk about some good shit. Last of us episode two. Fran, are you on this choo choo train? I am not. Unfortunately. Fran, 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 Fran. Um, now I do, I do want to say apologize because you live in an Xbox household. So you don't really (laughs) understand the, the majestic, magic that there is of the last of us mm-hmm. the beauty the storytelling the craftsmanship okay. you know yeah. what what other uh eclectic words can i say here matt um accurate accurate a lot of times when we get movies or tv shows based off games the director the writer whoever always want to throw their own shit in here, make it their own, where we do not want that. This is, sure, there's like lines are different, but for like 95% of this, this is exactly how the game is. And I, to me, that makes it, for me, that makes it even more beautiful. Because as you're going through it, you see the rundown cities and stuff, and like at one point, you see this crane area for people who play the game, you know, later on, they're going to be climbing up onto this crane and stuff like that. I just love how accurate it is to the game. And there's nothing so far that's been like, oh, why they throw that in there? That's not part of it. Everything seems to flow within with the game into a TV show. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And like, it is neat. And we're going to, we, I actually do want to hear your thoughts on it since Rachel's not familiar with the game, but it's also really neat to see what they did decide to change. Like the whole, like the first episode, like when the first half an hour, the lead of the, uh, of the show was, uh, was the daughter mm-hmm. and you got to know her and then you, you really felt it when, you know, everything happened there or like in episode two, instead of, um, the infected coming through, like on the show, it was actually humans, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm, yeah. So like those little changes were just like really interesting to see. So it's like they are changing things. So it's not like copy paste. So it's interesting for somebody that is familiar with the story. Right. That's just like ninety percent the same or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. Going through the water in the hotel, like like stuff like that to where them having that conversation uh, as they waited to unlock the door. The museum part when they would go through that museum part, I was like, I remember this. I died multiple times in this scene. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot. And, I, I should I should have been. I don't take notes when I watch it, but like when they're in that museum and you hear that, <laughs> I got PTSD. It took me right back to that damn game. Right, and it's that, and like that's what I'm saying. It's so accurate to where like, like the ties where like uh, Joel was uh the clicker was coming by and he had to reload his gun. I remember the times where I'm trying to hide in the corner, trying to reload my gun and stuff. It's just. The way they did, like the way they keep doing it, 
it's amazing. Yeah. Like storytelling, the visual stuff, um, was, was, um, uh, what's her name? Little girl. Um, Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. Was she a smart ass on the game? I don't remember that part. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm like, Chad remembers. I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like, I'm like, cause on the show, she was smart ass. I'm like, kind of some of the stuff's familiar, but I just want to make sure that he yes. was, a. Uh, yeah. But that okay. also fuels into her behavior in the sequel. If you get yeah. what I'm saying. So, right, like, right. yes, it was always there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Ra- I'm, Rachel, I'm on someone, this train. As someone not familiar with the source material, how has this experience been for you? And how does it compare to Walking Dead? <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the story's been really compelling, and it's been really intense. Um, It does kind of remind me of, especially the second episode of, like, The Walking Dead meets Children of Men. I did not like that, but we don't have to talk about that right yeah, now. Yeah, I didn't, I, I mean, Children of Men is not my favorite movie, but, like, just in um, what they're trying to do with, with Ellie, mm-hmm. um... So, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say spoilers. No. You can, you can. Oh, okay. Just, um, because in Children of Men, they're trying to get like the only pregnant woman in however many years to safety. And they're trying to get Ellie who has the potential to like lead to a cure to safety. So, um, that's kind of how it reminded me of Children of Men. Um, but, but better. Um, (laughs) but, um. Yeah, it's not something I want to watch while I'm eating or watch before <laughs> bed. <laughs> but otherwise, like, um, the story's been really good. The characters have been pretty solid. And, I mean, the visuals still seem really good to me, too. Um, even though I'm not, I don't have anything to compare it to. But, um, but yeah, it's it's been really interesting and... Um, I like some of the little details, like how the fungi, like once they're infected, they they have those like feelers underground where like one person over, you know, like a hundred feet away will like trigger something and then it triggers like the infected people, you know, farther away to come over. Like that's really smart of the fungi to do that. Um, and that I think that makes it like almost even scarier than like the Walking Dead. Yeah. Walking Dead. <laughs> um, because, you know, they they go where sound is and, and stuff like that or what they can smell. But having like a system where you can like trigger something from so far away and they're coming at you like that's that's really scary. Mm hmm. So yeah, I've I've thought it's been really solid the whole way through. All right, they just got to maintain this for 8 more weeks. Yes. <laughs> we'll see if they do that. All right. So that leads us to this week's discussion of you people. You dating a black girl? I've never felt so understood by somebody in my entire life. Whether you like it or not, we kind of go together now. You're my boo. Come on. I'm going to ask her to marry me. Do you plan to talk to our family? Yeah, I just haven't had the chance to meet them. What's going on? Tell me about life. How are you? 
This is your white granddaddy come back to haunt me. What? Now this is my fault? <clears throat> so you want to marry my daughter? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, Ezra, you could try. All right. So we're going to take this back to the Meteor Man episode. I am going to read to you um, the, the uh, movie description and paragraph blocks. Once I'm done with each paragraph, we will discuss what I just read, okay? Hi. <laughs> 35-year-old Ezra Cohen and his friend Mo broadcast a podcast that touches upon African-American issues on Yom Kippur. He dutifully goes with his parents and sister to their synagogue, where he is barraged with inappropriate questions and comments from the congregation and his family. He is set up by his parents to go on a date with a young woman from the same synagogue. So right off the gate, we open and um, uh, Jonah Hill and uh, what's that woman's name? Mo? The, uh, yeah. the comedian. The comedian. Or no, her name's Sam, right? Mm-hmm. Her, her real name, sorry. Well, they're, her they're, real name, yes. The character name is Mo. Yes, they're podcasting. And uh, I, I put this in the group chat. And it's like, they're podcasting. And uh, I'm sorry, audio listeners. Um, you two people will understand what I'm doing. Because they'll see it. The, they've got the microphones to their sides, right? And I'll make a mental note, Chad. Don't uh, you know raise up my audio. So they got the, 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 the microphone like to the side. And they're looking at each other and the microphone's like over here and shit and they're like yeah so hot topic this that and the other blah 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 how well can you hear me right uh, it's low <laughs> very low I, I, i'm low right now yeah yeah because yes. i'm not because because i'm not talking to the goddamn microphone because it's a fucking podcast like i understand that they had like a yeti mic which is what man is using right now and that kind of mic like picks up like the surrounding sounds they're using like uh-huh. proper like audio recording podcast singing microphones where you speak into it to capture the most amount of audio. And that right there, like that's how we open the movie. I'm like, is this a fuck you already? <laughs> Look, I told y'all three minutes into the movie, I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you, you took uh, you took Umbridge about the podcast stuff too? Yes. I, look, it, was, it was like some of the stuff that I was going to say and I was just like, no, I already know how this movie is going to go. I, I, I just know. But I'll take uh, uh, I got a question for you, Rachel. Um, yes. So <clears throat> when they're in synagogue, what were those things on the men's, uh, around the men's necks? Um, they're called Talit. Um, like the things where they have like Hebrew writing around the back and yes. then they have fringe kind of coming down the side. Yes. Yeah, they're called talit or prayer shawls. Um, so uh, you definitely have to wear them for high holiday services. So like Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Um, some guys like Orthodox Jews wear them every day. Okay. Um, but for... Um, some people just wear them during services and some people wear them just during high holiday services some people don't wear them at all mm-hmm. uh just kind of depends on your your level of um commitment to wearing it um but it it's it's symbolic i don't remember all the symbolism behind it okay um you have to say a prayer when you put it on and um 
Yeah, it's just, it's kind of like the yarmulke or skull cap that people wear. It's traditional, it's traditional Jewish dress and um, just something that, that people wear at services sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, any other comments before I move on? Meeting Mo later, Ezra expresses his frustration at not meeting anyone that he can connect to. Meanwhile, Amira is across town trying to break up with a boyfriend. She, frustrated with her GPS navigation system, pulls up in front of Ezra's brokerage farm. Ezra climbs into her car, accidentally believing she is his Uber driver. I mean, the way she went off on him was probably a great part of that movie. Because I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah, why was her doors pop- unlocked? You know, look, let's not put logic into this. Um, <laughs> I mean, that that's like most of our complaints. I, I realize, but like, we've been saying that a lot <laughs> throughout this whole movie. So like, let's just cut that off here. All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, that was like one scene I actually did like was the car scene. Really? Yeah. Why? Um... I just thought, like, her calling him out was really great, honestly. So that's that was my, like, God damn it, Kenya Barris. Like, we are, like, not even... I mean, I know the the movie opened with, like, race talk, but I'm, like, that's, that's when I had my fucking, um, my Karen moment where I'm, like, why do we always have to talk about race? Why is that always in the conversation? Like, that's uh-huh. how I was feeling during that scene. I'm like, what is happening here? This is supposed to be a meat, a meat cute. That's true. Fuck are we doing here, movie? Okay, but, but, but. This movie is a guess who's coming to dinner knockoff. <laughs> so, the meat cute was never going to be an actual meat cute. You was going to have to start, like, the tone, like, in visual settings with the main characters like had to like kind of start there and like if this was actually real life and that happened baby you're not about to show me around nowhere i will figure right. this shit out <laughs> like right right, out right. Car, right right like but you just let this strange man that hopped in your car to stay in your car and not not just that like what about the uber driver that's coming the real yeah. Uber driver. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, she lost out in the bag. That's all I got. Right. I don't know. That's fucked up, man. Um, Amira meets up with her brother Omar and their father Akbar, who's Eddie Murphy, who talks about the gentrification of the juice bar. Hearing that his daughter's dating someone new, he reiterates the importance of him being a Muslim. Despite this, Amira and Israel constantly meet together for dates and meetups. And eventually, the two began to live with each other. Um. So, I I want to know what Eddie Murphy was doing. Like, not like what was he doing in this movie? Because Eddie Murphy likes money. But what I'm trying to ask is like his character is supposed to be the straight man, and he's just like doing quips and like being Eddie Murphy, but slightly toned down. Like, mm-hmm. when he was, like, going off, looking around, he's like, look, everybody in here got curly hair. It looks beautiful, except that motherfucker. I, I got the most nabby hair in here. You don't. Your, 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 your shit was, like, flawless the entire movie, sir. Yeah. Right. Mean, he was fading up. Like, 
Right. What? When he said that, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he also said another thing. He was like, I'm like the I'm the darkest person in here. I'm like, the person behind you is darker than you. What are you right. talking about? Right. And also, I'm sorry. Why are your children biracial? You see that lame excuse they tried to uh, Oh my that? god. Oh my fucking god. Yeah, they said that uh, Neil Long's father, uh, grandfather was white. Yeah. So that's why the kids uh, fucking biracial. I'm like, fuck you, Kenya Barris. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Motherfucker, you got biracial kids. What? (sighs) Like, I I asked this once more. Why couldn't Megan Good get this role? Um, also, so, um, uh, Lauren London, she broke up with her boyfriend because all he's doing is trying to be a people pleaser. He's trying to adapt himself so that she, um, basically chameleon her, right? Mm-hmm. That's all Israel, uh, Israel, that's all Jonah Hill was doing this whole movie. He was doing the very thing she broke up with her black boyfriend hey, about hey, over. Remember what I said about that logic? Okay. <laughs> <No> logic. <laughs> Six months later, Ezra <laughs> takes a mirror home to meet his family. His mother, Shelly, embarrassingly fawns all over her, along with his father, Arnold. When Shelly begins to bring up sub- subjects that revolve around the Black Lives Matter movement, Ezra steers her out of the room. He lets her know he plans on proposing. All right. Now, during this scene is a, a time I did laugh. Is when... The dad brought up, he's like, I like your braids, like exhibit. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, did, I did laugh at that part. <laughs> I love like when uh, they came back in the room, he's playing ordinary people on the piano. Yeah. And like he, ma- he made her like sit front and center like this is a goddamn concert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'll say this. I feel like Julia Louis-Dreyfus was the only one that knew what the fuck kind of movie this was. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. like I feel like she was the every single scene she was in she fucking killed it like I, 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 the, the, that's just what I feel like like mm-hmm. I feel like she was she was the best person in this movie. I cringed every time she talked. <laughs> oh, absolutely. some of the stuff was funny. <laughs> absolutely, I also cringed every time she talked, but I, like that's actually the point. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you did your job. You acted. You acted this part. It's it's, maybe... it's it's an old phrase, but she understood the assignment. Yes. Yeah. Um... Well, okay. Um, kind of random question, but has to do with the movie. It always weirds me out when kids and parents are cursing in front of each other. Yes. Like, does that happen in real life? That doesn't usually happen in my family. So I, when they were doing that, I was just like, uh, this feels uncomfortable to me. Um, now, I would never. Uh, same. Now, never. wait, do you curse in front of your mom, Matt? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because I, I, was, I was about to make this a racial thing. I was about to be a Kenya Barris. But um, no, no. now I don't do that shit. But like, I can't blame this. Well, because I'm gonna <laughs> blame this on the the Navy. I didn't curse <laughs> like that until I got back from the Navy. Now these uh, curse words just be flowing out for no reason. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. But what? So what I'm hearing is 
all through your youth, adolescent, and things like that, if a curse word slipped out your mouth, he was like, "Oh shit, am I yes. gonna get like Lance. my bad?" That's yes. my bad. that's part of the, that's part of the reason why I don't want my mom listening to the show. <laughs> because when I was a kid, we couldn't even say lying. Mm. Oh yeah, you was telling the story. You weren't lying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There we go. We had to. We had. We was telling the story. We couldn't even say lying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would never. Uh in front of Jackie and Joseph. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> they don't play that. They still don't play that. I no, think I messed up once, had something slip out there. Wait, excuse me. I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my bad, my bad. I'm I'm a whole 34 years old. No. <laughs> no, like I sent a clip of the show to my mom last week. It was that clip where Dana was talking about going to Black Friday with me and my mom. And like I was cursing all through that clip. She got a very highly edited version of that when I when I texted <laughs> to her. I'm not, I'm not trying to hear it. All right, I'm I'm 36 year old, thir- 36 years old. But you know, she'll tell me herself. I'm not too old for a whooping. That part. <laughs> yeah. All right, <clears throat> showing Mo the ring. She points out that it's small, and Israel says he plans to say it's a ring used by his family during the Holocaust. She suggests he meets Amira's parents before proposing. He chooses a small place in their neighborhood. A small place? He went, they went to fucking Roscoe's. What is this analysis? Uh, <laughs> Akbar is increasingly disapproving of him. Even so, Isra tells them he wants to marry Amira. Arriving home, Amira reveals that her mother called out her father's behavior during the dinner meeting. Um, when she sees the ring bag, he tells she tells him to go ahead. She accepts the proposal happily. I thought that, and I'm sorry if this is offensive. I thought that shit was so fucking funny when Movislaw like tell like tell her it's a Holocaust ring. Get yourself a little satchel and dirty it up. I was cracking the fuck up. Oh my god, I hated I mean, that part. I don't think that should be used as an excuse. Oh, absolutely like, not. Yeah. But that being said. Yeah, Chad. If you don't lie. If you don't lie, <laughs> Matt, you're cracking up too. Don't even talk. No, you you can't fuck. You can't fucking fact check that shit. It's a Holocaust ring, all right? Look, 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 look. look. My grandma was three years old when she got this Holocaust ring. Cause I was like, hold up. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny when he joked about it later on, but yeah. when when they were being kind of more serious about it, I was like, please don't use the Holocaust as an excuse. <laughs> like, no, please don't. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the same thing about, like, me saying something about, like, slavery to a, a group of people. They can be like, yeah, so we just gonna take your word at that. Like, I don't, we ain't about to hit that. That's, <laughs> like, that's that's not, that sounds right to me. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got our introduction of Nia Long in the movie. Um, don't worry, she's not here that long. Yeah, not at all. <sighs> yep. Not at all. I mean, she has some of the best face. Like some of yeah. her facial features, I was like, I was chuckling at her face. Like yes. if she was on when she was on screen, I was just like, Haha, I know that face. I I know what's going on here. It was a whole oh this bitch. Um, Ezra finally decides to quit his bo- brokerage firm, so Amira helps him rehearse his dialogue. He is very inarticulate, but manages to successfully leave the firm. The couple invites the two sets of parents over to discuss the wedding plans. They unsurprisingly clash. Like, what What was that dinner scene? Well, first of all... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, this is probably the one scene I chuckled at. And it was purely because she said, go get my purse. I got oh, my, I got... Ra- my slavery receipt. I was like, 
like ah. slavery seats. That was a funny. <laughs> that was a funny line. That was like the probably one of the few things I chuckled at. Because one, that's some stuff that my mom would do. <laughs> Be like, uh huh, yeah, go get my purse. Like, hot. I got this receipt. Hold on. What? But like, yeah. Other than that. Yeah, it's like also like the the people pleasing thing when he was all like, oh yeah, Farrakhan, the goat. And like Eddie Murphy, everybody was like, "What you mean, Farrakhan? You Jewish, right? Like, what what are you talking about, sir?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Stop people pleasing." This is why she broke up with her last boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. So right, on, like, but on people pleasing to her parents is different than people pleasing to her. I think. Yeah, it's still gross. Okay, but like on the one hand, like I can see, like you having one big group dinner with your parents and you're getting you're trying to like see how families mesh and you already know there's gonna be some stuff on both ends Mm -hmm. you know so that shit can be awkward you're just trying to keep the peace like i i can get that sentiment i think the overarching problem with this movie is if they would have just communicated with their parents and with each other's parents sooner a lot of stuff wanted to happen, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm talking. Well, I, th- I thought that um, they, sh- the two of them, should have talked about wedding stuff before they got their parents involved. Like, yeah, why weren't they on the same page with some of this planning yes. stuff before they got their parents involved? Like, it's their wedding, and they're acting like they didn't even talk about it. They were just like going with the flow and not standing up for themselves and not doing anything. And so it was just like a, that was, it was just super frustrating to continuously keep watching. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I I feel like this is a fine enough moment to bring this up about how I do feel like uh, Jonah Hill and Lauren London had good chemistry, but I do not, but they did not have romantic chemistry. Like, they kissed, like, maybe two times in the movie, and every time there was a scene where they should kiss, they hugged. And I'm sorry, but, like, if your two leads in a romantic comedy, if one or or both parties are uncomfortable kissing, they should not have this job. Right. I was going to ask you all about that because I felt like they weren't believable as a couple either. Like they, they had a good rapport going, but I didn't totally believe them as a romantic couple. And no, I, I couldn't see it. Yeah. I could definitely see them as real good friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like if, like, they, like if they had the podcast together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could see that. I, I really could see them as friends, but like, as far as, like you said, romantic chemistry, no their chemistry together when it comes to like the comedy expert aspects yeah. of this and i say comedy in whole a whole type air fucking quotes because it's <laughs> not a good comedy <laughs> um but from that standpoint when you're thinking about like them trying to like go off of each other and each, each other's moves yeah they had great chemistry but it's just you know the overall writing yeah okay. Um, <clears throat> Ezra and his friends have a bachelor party in Vegas and Amira and her friends have a bachelorette party. Akbar joins the boys and after a huge night of partying at strip clubs, Ezra 
regains his memory of committing obese, uh, sorry, obscene acts he did not remember at all at first. Akbar calls him out on this. The obscene uh, uh, acts are he's doing so much cocaine that he that he shit himself. Um, meanwhile, Amira has similar results on the outcome with Shelly saying a racist remark in a gang of hangman and accidentally rips off a girl's wig. So I want to roll back. Like, I thought it was kind of funny. And I was like, I've kind of been in a situation like this myself where, um, Amira and Julia Louis-Dreyfus were at that spa together. And, um, the woman was on the phone and then she just waved somebody in. She's like, nah, that shit was racist as fuck. And Amira's like, what are you talking about? And then she like mm-hmm. like tried to, you know, make a thing out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been in right. that situation. I get it. I get it. You're <laughs> trying to I get it. But um, so on their way to Vegas, like they're they, they made a point because I'm sure Southwest gave them a lot of money. They're on a Southwest flight. And so uh, Eddie Murphy sits next to Jonah Hill and he's talking to him. And then Kenya Barris and his director came. I was all like, get out my seat. And I'm like, this is a Southwest flight. It's the Greyhound of the sky. It's first come, first serve. What the fuck you mean get out my right. seat? There is there's no side sign seating. Right. What what is this? What is happening here? We are literally one step up from spirit at this point. I don't know. Correct. <laughs> but no, I thought that hangman scene was funny because I was like, Don't don't do it. Don't do it. You did mm-hmm. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The well, I would say even the the scene where she is meeting all of like her girlfriends and stuff like that. Again, mm-hmm. that's some shit some of my friends would do. Like, who is this white woman? <laughs> right, why are you well, talking to us? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, before we say something crazy, who are you? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, also something that uh, wasn't in this uh, when they had the um, I, I forget what it's called in um in the Muslim religion, like the the Muslim priest and then the um, imam. Imam, yes, thank you, and the um. Rabbi, thank you. Uh, together, uh, when dude was like, like that, I think the tr- the the theme should be Tron. I one hundred percent think that was ad libbed because like they're like the way they were playing off it, especially the rabbi when she was like asking a like she awkwardly asked a follow up question like to keep that keep the bit going. I was like, uh-huh. this was not in the fucking script, and I'm like y'all having fun <laughs> on set. And I'm like, I'm here for it. I'm fucking here for it. Wait, were they? I thought they were friends of the family. Well, they I were the party they plans. They have two separate party yeah, plans. Yeah, the party plans. No, no, yeah, but they, they, they were both there because like we're both gonna officiate this wedding. I thought that was no. But like what I'm, well, I think what we're correcting yeah. is those weren't the officiants. Those were two separate party planners. One from one. Oh, family, one I from see. The other family. I, but I thought I thought she was at the very beginning uh, during um, Yom Kippur. Look, like look. Look, okay, 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 <laughs> okay. I, I just wanted to highlight that I'm like 98% sure he was at living and I was here for that. Because, like, I love how, like, Neil was like, No, I am not gonna fucking contribute to what you're doing right now. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy is like, No, I'm keeping this shit going. <laughs> and he's like, He's like, Yeah, I want a red one. And he was like, Oh, okay, so the red one's out. <laughs> <laughs> Right. All right. Uh, two more paragraphs. The dinner comes and the truth comes out between the two parents that they do not approve of their marriage. Both Ezra and Amira separately call them out on their consistent rude behavior and both break up after not knowing what else to do. So um, Julia Dreyfus does approve of the marriage. She wants that fucking racial clout. She wants that biracial grandbaby and shit. 
she, that is like it's just like in that in that episode of Seinfeld where the dentist he kept converting to the different religions so that he could say the the um, the jokes and shit. He's like, like mm-hmm. I can make that mm-hmm. joke. I used to be Catholic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah, like so I think that the problem being is that yes, she approved of the marriage, but she didn't like Lauren London has said you she didn't actually treat her as like a person. Mm-hmm. just right. as her skin color and that was the the main issue that had to be pointed out again this whole scene like it's just the third breakup scene right like mm-hmm. this this whole all this stuff just like with any other <clears throat> romantic comedy or whatever all this shit could have been dealt with yeah. one conversation well, uh, no, actually, right. since this is racially, it's a yeah. series of conversations. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it, a series of conversations before the rehearsal dinner yeah. probably yeah. would have. Also, made I feel time. like I feel like that's tacky as shit. Like you almost at the finish line, and you're about to break up. Yep. Uh, you, and you breaking See, up. And you're that's where, up. like, I know, I know, we we said this multiple times, but there's no logic in, in that, like. I've dated white women before, but like, if okay, if I was going to get married to somebody and we'll say, for example, my mother didn't like it or whatever, right? If I was really in love with this person and everything, I would still marry this person. Right. I wouldn't be like, well, shit, our parents don't get along, so <laughs> I guess that's it for us. Well, there's there was more to it than just the parents stuff, though. It was like the actual race thing of it. And I'll say this. Not everybody is equipped for an interracial relationship. Not everybody has the stomach for it because it's it's not like dating somebody in your in your in your same race, right? Because yeah, I dated a uh, white you're woman. Married, and... You're married to an Asian woman, right? Well, no, that's yeah, but that's. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I I do agree that's different. I agree, right? But... Right, because her like they knew we were dating, but then. We talked about getting married in the future, right? You're so, talking about your current wife or this white woman? This white woman. Okay. And she like told her parents, and then of course they did. Racist white people said they said the stuff about they didn't want her marrying a, a black person and things like that too. But like, if we would have um, done it and stayed together, it wouldn't be like I, I believe that if I loved her and everything else like that, I would have stayed with her. You're saying you didn't love her? At the time, I did. But then, you know, she cheated on me and things like that. So it oh. worked out for the best. Oh, that's that one woman? Yeah. Oh, okay. We will move on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> three months later, Ezra at one point gives a meaningful speech on his podcast, making a point that how two different people can never truly understand each other as people, no matter how hard they try. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I read that weird. Shelly and Akbar hear this podcast and set up a plan. Shelly brings Ezra and Akbar brings Amira to a big building and separately apologize for their actions. It's not a big building. Like, they had their first date there. Or a date there. They had a date there. Is that shoe store. Culture. Is that a real place? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Ezra and Amira accept their apologies and they usher them into the building where their wedding is with everyone and the minister waiting. Ezra and Amira marry and everyone dances. So, um, 
I thought it was the two religious leaders. I don't. We, we're at the finish line here. Right? We <laughs> okay. don't give a when is it ever a good idea to do a surprise wedding? Let's just talk about time frame. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But let's just talk about timing real quick, a little bit, right? Like, I know I'm going to do what I said not to do and put logic into this, but um, (laughs) (laughs) y'all met. You started dating. Six months later, he's meeting your parents and wanting to ask, ask you to marry you. So that means that you've been dating for six, maybe seven months, right? By the time you asked her to marry you, six, seven months. Okay, to each his own. We'll we'll give you that. We'll give you that little leeway. So then you're planning this wedding. And for all intents and purposes, this is probably at least another few months because it seems like it, they wanted to get go ahead and get married quickly. That was my impression of this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. So maybe a year total. Now, I don't know about any other state, but when you get your marriage license, you have a time frame to get married with that marriage license, right? So how long was y'all broken up? Because he had moved completely months. out of their place, right? Like, yeah. they, Maybe they didn't get a marriage there. license. Well, I mean, the officiants were there. I mean, they, well, because I was, I guess we were all present when we got ours. Can somebody else get it on your behalf? I guess not. Oh, wait, like, does, like, an official, like, have some blank ones, and they fill it out, and then you take it to the courthouse? Like, nah, man. Spiritually, the court, but not legally. It's a legal document. Like, the courthouse is literally going to be like, no, we, you got to fill out a whole application for this. But, I mean, yeah. movies do that all the time where it doesn't, like, getting married drunk while in Vegas would not hold up in court. <laughs> so, well, they I'm, do I'm sorry. Do you not remember Britney Spears' first husband, Jason Alexander? Well, I don't know the exact circumstances of that, but I. They got married in Vegas. Yeah, but if you're drunk, like that's under the influence of something, like there, that's not going to uphold in court. Yeah, that's true. Anything that you sign while intoxicated is not valid. I.e., okay. for example, if somebody gets arrested for whatever reason <clears throat> and they're drunk. They will wait till you sober up. They will take your blood alcohol level, wait till you sober up legally before you sign the paperwork or whatever, because you, you're not, you can't, if you're intoxicated and inebriated, you're not legally, um, that's what I'm looking for, to sign stuff and be held accountable. Right. Like you can't give proper consent or whatever. You're yeah. not in the right, right mindset. But um, going back to when he did his podcast, Ed Chad, he said something about two people would never understand their culture. What do you think about that? Okay, I get it. I mean, um, is there, at the end of the day, is everyone's perspective, right? And it's like, I can be told your perspective all day long, but I haven't had your lived it, you know, your lived perspective. And like, just because you tell me that, you know, sometimes when I go into the store, you know, they follow me or, or whatever. You can empathize with how that feels, but you don't truly know how I am taking that. Right. And that, and I agree with that. I was like, even if when you're dealing with race, uh, culture, even um, location, um, like, you know, you can marry, you're from St. Louis, you can marry uh, a, a still a black woman, but we'll say she's from the South. 
you're still going to have different cultures, yeah. different opinions. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> he said that you'll never fully understand somebody's culture, which I agree. You will never fully understand, but all you can do will to be to learn and to uh, learn from that culture, like right. no matter what. Like, like I could spend 50 years in Japan, learn Japanese, work out in there, but I will never be able to understand their feelings and everything to goes with it. And that branches off to another thing to where once I got done with this and I was like, ask my wife, what does she think about it? She loved this movie. And I believe she loves this movie is because she does not know the culture or the history and the culture of black and white relations mm. where she does not, she does not take it. Like it's not at face value, if that makes sense. Like, for example, you know, if, um, I see, if you see a guy, like we'll see a white guy walking down the street wearing, um, like a kimono or something like that, like people are like, oh, that's racist. Right. But then that same person can go to like Chinatown or whatever, and that's a Chinese person or whatever. Is this racist? And they'll be like, no, I like people embracing the culture, their culture. But the thing is, they don't have the identity of, hey, I'm about to a white person wearing a, a do-rag and be like, oh, they're, they're doing black culture. But where they don't, they don't know where they're going to take and be like, I created this shit. I made this up. We see that a lot of times with white women and Twerking. black women. Yeah. So it's not just, oh, they're taking our culture and because they love it so much. They're taking it and like, I and did pro- this and we did this. And profiting. And profiting of it. Right. <clears throat> the same shit that we will Are get like, sh- we get shat on for. Yeah. Get called ghetto or, or worse. They're, they're doing it and it's like, the where where do you get these trends from like you're right. just you're, you're just a, a goddamn trendsetter so right. i think that like jonah harrow's character was a culture vulture yes but he was he was basically cosplaying blackness to mm-hmm. an extent right mm-hmm. and then you had very little development when it came to lauren hill or lauren um <laughs> <London's> character, <laughs> uh lauren london's character as far as like who she was as a person besides she just wants somebody to be real with her like it was just very little development on her end right if they would have took the time to really develop their characters it like both of them individually and they could have gotten into discussions and points about allyship versus co-conspiratorship right Mm -hmm. and what that means and how that is different like this movie was a good movie for allies Right, and there's nothing wrong with allies, but sometimes that's, you need co-conspirators. I need somebody is, who's gonna be right there, about to get arrested with me. I need somebody but, right there, but telling that's, tell the police that's, to fuck off. That's Kenya. Like, that's Kenya's shtick, though. Yeah, he makes content about race for non-black people. Yeah, it was just people. like, like oh, I'm sorry, starring biracial people. Said, everything that Fran just said is so true. To where like, I, it was just beating down race 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 to where you can do a movie like this about race but you don't have to beat a dead horse on this we get it two 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 different sides of a coin but it's like every fucking scene is some shit about race it's some shit about race it's like we get it 
we get it. We can like there was no progression, like you said, with the characters. They didn't change. They didn't do nothing. But it's just like, come on, we get it. It was just it's just too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they could have made this a lot better, especially when you're t- talking about it is two separate marginalized communities, right? This is two separate marginalized communities. One is white passing <laughs> in America, essentially, to an extent, especially now, right? And the other, Muslim and Black presenting, right? Mm-hmm. So you could have made this very good and dynamic in talking about, like, how each how each family as can represent, basically, these groups and how these groups have basically progressed through the years in America and the mm-hmm. differences and how things could be different if it was like the other side, right? You could have, you could actually really have those conversations. And the closest we got to it was go grab my purse. I got the, the slave receipts, right? right. Like right. <laughs> that's like, the closest we got to it. Also, like I was, I learned, learned this this morning. Lauren London is Jewish. Like the things you could have did with a fucking black Jewish woman in this kind of movie right but what yeah. the fuck are we doing here guys it's like you you reach for all like he reached for all the low-hanging fruit yes. of racism hey black people slavery white jewish people holocaust let's go with oh he can't say the end where he likes black music like you reach for you was like hmm what's all these stereotypes what's all this racist stuff i'm about to cover all of them Mm-hmm. Lowest common denominator. Yes. What do y'all think the Rotten Tomatoes is on this piece of shit? Um, I'm gonna go with a a 65 because I did see some people say they liked it, so I'm gonna go to 65. I'm gonna go with 45. I'm gonna go with 50. I think it's like halfway. Fran hit it right on the nose with 45 and 77 reviews as an audience score of 47%. Right. Well, good. These people have common sense. <laughs> so here's, here's what I'll say. The one thing that I will say I truly enjoyed about this movie is so many people in Black Hollywood getting that check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were a mm-hmm. lot of people who are there like were... Black Hollywood famous. I was like, oh, you in this too? You, you got a glow cameo too? Oh, you got a check. But they were just fucking Kenya Barris fucking players, though. And, like, that's indicative of the fucking problem, though. They are fucking aiding in this bullshit. And they're high yellow. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, let's see, you had Bianco, not high yellow. I mean, you had Ken Whitley, who was high yellow, but she been working. (laughs) Uh, You got Anthony Anderson? Yep. Anthony Anderson, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... That's, I think that was like literally the highlight of this movie for me was literally just looking at the background for characters. Like just, what? just, I was like, oh, okay. Little cameo, little cameo. You got, you had one day, you had one day of, of, yeah. <laughs> of, of filming, said your lines, collected your check. It was out. I love it for you. Why was Mike Epps in this fucking movie? Besides the check, besides the check. <laughs> Um, to probably help rip uh riff with Eddie Murphy. That's it. That, oh yeah, they did have some scenes. Yeah, that's fair. 
Oh yeah, um, like the whole car scene and yeah. the bar scene. Well, I'm not, the more I'm thinking about it, like the whole bachelor party, go back to that. I wish there was more shenanigans. Yeah. Because to re- like really, they just went to a to that that bar or that club, talked about well, something that happened from the past, and that was it. There was no That's actual it. shenanigans there for Jonah Hill to get into, right? Or even also, Eddie Murphy. We really need to be uh the fucking horse that oh uh, yeah the the coke dealer. You're a coke dealer. You gave me his phone number. You're Facebook friends with him. He's right here. He's handing you coke. He's your best friend. Th- isn't this your coke dealer? Here's a fucking uh here's the holiday card that you sent him. It's like what? Why are we fucking? Yes, he likes to do a little coke in Vegas. Don't we all? No, but yeah. yeah. That's what I hear. <laughs> That's what I hear. That's what you do when you get there. Um, no, like, I, I do. Like, and also, it's like that. That's your fucking ace in the hole. He's done cocaine sometime in the past. Eddie Murphy, like, he probably told Lauren London that they probably done coke together. We know. Well, yeah, because it, it, it went right. Because it went back to that where he where he was in a car with uh, Mike Epps, and he told him he's like, "That's what it is. He's done coke." He could have brought up anything else that he wanted, but that's the one he leaned on. Right. All right. Trivia. Um, Anthony Anderson had a brief appearance as a barber in this movie. What other movie was he in that starred Eddie Murphy? A. Life. B. Daddy Daycare. C. Coming to America 2. <laughs> and D. Or Andy. Or D. The Nutty Professor 2. Life. Life. Um, I'll go with Daddy Daycare. No, it's life. You, you should have went with the crowd on that one. I should have, but I was gonna, gonna switch it up. Should have con- Should have conga line with the two black people. <laughs> um, I also am not used to seeing Eddie Murphy in a barber shop, where he's not playing every fucking person who said <laughs> yeah. barber shop. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing is, like, I, I haven't seen uh, this Eddie Murphy in a long time. I miss this Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Cursing Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Oh. You didn't see Dola Mind is My Name? But that was that was years ago, though. That's cursing that's Eddie Murphy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, like, I, I like this Eddie Murphy. That's what I'm saying. He needs to start doing... This Let's movie was terrible. Stuff. He needs to do less of this. And he I do, needs, I no, do he, not He can do feel... more of this. He just needs a different director. And a better script. Less yeah. of this content, more of stuff in general. I'm feeling very not... I'm not feeling confident about Belly Hills Cop 4. Uh, probably not, because all that... When you get to that, it's not. it's not going to be the same. What was it? That was in nineties, eighties. The third whatever. one was in the nineties. Then he had two in the eighties. Right. right. <laughs> it's it's not going to hit like that anymore. The stuff you could do back then. I mean, I don't know who's directing or write, got the script, but just don't make it bad. It don't have to be great. No, just don't I'm, make it you bad. Want me to, you want me to tell you why it's going to be bad? Why? It's a Netflix original. <laughs> mm, that's not it. Mm. That's not good. So that's not a good know. omen. It is, yeah. It's not a good sign. Uh, all right. So this is a, this is a very long one. I'm not sure how much of this I'm gonna cut, but I did say a lot of stuff that I can't actually let 
be in the general public. So I got more work ahead of me. But it was a fun conversation. I genuinely appreciate you, Fran and Rachel. I want to say congratulations to you once more, Rachel. I want to say congratulations to you once more, Fran. Um, It's going to be a journey, but at no point did I say it wasn't going to be worthwhile. I love my daughter more than anything in this world. And I know that, you know, you're you're a solid human. I never met your your husband, but I'm going to assume since you chose him, he's a solid human, too. And you guys are (laughs) (laughs) and you guys are going to, you know, just kick ass at this yep thank you thank you i appreciate it so i'm i'm anxiously awaiting august when i'm due so do you, you know the exact day uh august 18th mm. Is that does that mean anything to us anybody's birthday then no okay but all right <clears throat> thank you also thank you guys so much for watching this piece of shit Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at we used to talk pod at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page. We used to talk about this at work and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at we used to talk pod. Follow me on Letterbox at B O W one two one three and Matt at Mr King zero two five seven. Come back next week when we discuss Banshees of the Ed Sharon. Sure, Banshees of the Ed Sharon. That's the one. <laughs> right. And like always, I don't know if this is a good episode. I don't know if it's a bad episode. But whatever you think about it, talk about it at work. Thank you for listening.